sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose. You join me for the Financial Outlook for Private Investors, where I am joined by Russ Mould, Investment Director of AJ Bell. We're going to discuss the world of investment from a UK perspective. Where do we want to begin today, Russ? Ships. Boats, Ships? Planes. Transport. Yeah, that's oh, where we're Oh, you love start. your transport indices. Is that where we're well, going? this is where we're going. And I only said, I haven't banged on about them for a while. No, and it's true. But they're always, when you do, it's always because they're well, interesting. There are lots of people looking at the US yield curve right now and fretting about the fact that it's nearly inverted. And we can come back to that in a second if you want and, and explain the ramifications of that. But people use it as a recession indicator. It is currently flashing in a way that would signal an economic slowdown slash a recession in the US, the world's biggest economy. What's and so obviously then I start looking at some of my other recession indicators or economic growth indicators. Um, the Baltic Dry Index is down ten days in a row, which I don't think happens desperately often, although it is a long way down from its highs last year already. But then, as you've flagged, I'm a big fan of the Dow Jones Transportation Index. It's down thirteen percent in six trading days, which again makes me slightly nervous. It actually peaked last November. And it, it rallied quite hard recently, but it's not. it didn't get back to its peak, and it's now down 15% from the November peak. So I'm, I am getting a little bit twitchy. Okay, so why, your listeners are thinking, does why does the Dow Jones Transportation Index matter? Is, I is, was is, just is about to ask that very question there on their go. behalf. And it's based upon uh, Dow, Richard Russell's Dow theory, which is that if the, if the Dow Jones Industrials is going nowhere, sorry, the Dow Jones Transports are going nowhere, the Dow Jones industrials will go nowhere because if the economy is strong, goods are being sold, goods have to be shipped, inventories have to be replenished, stocks have to be refilled. That means moving things around by plane, train, automobile, or whatever it happens to be. So the converse holds true. If goods aren't being sold, then shelves don't have to be refilled. Things don't have to be manufactured and shipped to replace them. And the transport stocks haven't got as much to do that suggests that the economy is slowing down or worse, even sliding into recession. So it's always worth keeping an eye on. And it's just intriguing. It's just gone down 13% in six days. But I'm right in thinking this is an indices of stock. So it's to do with market sentiment. It's not actually... No, it's not an economic indicator. It's not the number of actual lorries moving around. No, it's it's purely looking at the distillation of market intelligence. Now, markets can be wrong, right? The yield curve gives false signals. The Daniel Jones transport scan, not as many false signals as economists can, I would politely suggest. <laughs> who have successfully predicted nine out of the last three oh, recessions. Who have predicted, successfully predicted none yeah. of the last recessions, yes, well, you, could argue, yes. you, you could argue. Yes. Um, and in fact, even, in, even I think in January 2008, Ben Bernanke gave a speech saying, move along, no recession to see here. And I think yeah. the US authorities only, economic, only declared the recession that began in 2007 in the, in the fourth quarter of 2008. So that shows how hard they are to spot. That's not to take take the mick. Well, it is a bit, but it, it shows how hard they are to spot. And that's why I'm actually happy relying on the wisdom of, of Mr. Market yes. than I am the wisdom of the economist. Um, and so it's just intriguing me that the Dow Jones Transport Index has suddenly, if you'll pardon the expression, started to sink quite quickly. So we'll definitely have to keep an eye, an eye on that. Uh, and, it, and the may bolt- be, it may be input cost related. It may be the cost of fuel that's the problem yes. rather than demand. I mean, FedEx have already publicly said our costs are going up. Uh, we're finding it hard to, to hire staff and so on. So I, I think I, I don't want to paint it too black in terms of end demand. But equally, as we know, 
if costs are going up, that's inflation. That will eventually filter through to consumers and limit their ability to spend because their dollars and pounds and, and cents will go less far. So it's something that we still need to be wary of. It, it may be an input thing rather than a demand thing, but it definitely is a signal that is worth paying attention to because it's quite unusual for the deep transports to roll over quite so quickly. Let's just pause and take a breath. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose. You're listening to the Financial Outlook for Private Investors, where I'm talking to Ross Mulder, AJ Bell. Um, Ross, that's an American index. Do we have corresponding ones in, in we Europe do. There, there is we a need UK, to look at? We do. There's a UK Industrial Transport Index. Uh, the, the is there many things in it? With that, Royal Mail is the biggest constituent, which oh. is, 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 is a slight... Um, Yes, I mean, it ships a heck of a lot of parcels around the country, so I, I shouldn't be sniffy about it. But I think Royal Mail as a, as a company slightly marches to its own beat sometimes in that you know, there are obviously other issues like you know the pension or industrial relations. And so I, it's not quite as clean an index. There are some UK transport stocks. You know, there's, there's obviously all the airlines. So again, they're not necessarily quite the same thing. And we don't really have quoted railroads. So I suppose we've got mm. National Express, we've got Stagecoach, we've got Go Ahead Group. But again, there's all sorts of regulatory issues there right now. And there's actually a bit of consolidation in the industry. It's not quite mm. the same uh, value, in my opinion, as, as the US version. But yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it all the same, for sure. You mentioned the yield curve at the beginning. I mean, many mm. people may not really know about this. A lot of people haven't really talked about it much in the last what generation practically i think that's because central banks have been dobbing about with it they've been manipulating it so So just explain it please so the theory is if you buy a bond which has a preset interest rate or coupon which are and those coupons are paid at a preset time and then the bond has a preset life and matures after a preset time hence the term fixed income because everything is pretty much preset as it there are exceptions but as a general rule so you are say lending if you want to lend the money to the u.s government or the uk government bless you um say you choose to do that by by buying a two-year bond and then you think okay i'll maybe do it with a 10-year bond so over that eight-year extra time period more things can go wrong all right the chances of the government going bust are frankly nil because they'll just print more money but there could be inflation, Aha, very topical, for example. So because you've got that r- greater risk of more things going astray over greater time, mm. normally you will demand a higher coupon from the longer dated bond to compensate yourself for that additional risk, mm. correct? Yeah. Fine. So normally when you look at the yield curve, the, the coupon or the interest rate is higher on the 30-year than the 20-year, the 20 than the 10, the 10 than the 7, the 7 than the 5, the 5, da, 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 da. What you occasionally see, however, as we're seeing right now, is that the yield on the 2 and the 10 in the US, and this is just one yield curve you can look at, but people look at the known as the 2s, 10s curve and compare the yield curve between the US two-year treasury and the 10-year treasury. Right now, they're almost identical. And in fact, a day or two ago, the 10-year yield was lower than the two-year yield. That People think that of a as a recession warning because it's effectively the bond market and it's infinite wisdom saying, we think the economy is slowing down. If the economy is going to slow down, what's the Fed going to do? The Fed's going to cut interest rates. And obviously, it's inter- it, because the Federal Reserve base rate is the benchmark of which all bonds are priced in the US, bond prices will react. Normally, you get a steep curve because that's people pricing in interest rate rises because it means the economy is strong. 
if the yield, invert, the yield curve inverts and the long dated yields are lower than the short dated ones, that's the bond market saying, we're a bit nervous about the economy here and think the Fed may at some stage have to cut rates. Now, given that the Fed is currently pretending to talk tough and talk about raising rates and running quantitative tightening, that seems a bit odd. But I think it's the market's way of saying inflation's a problem. There's a lot of debt in the system. It can't stand much by way of higher rates. The bond market's almost saying we think the Fed's bluff is going to be called and it'll have to back off relatively quickly. Because how, hmm. so how reliable do you think this? Looking at again, the it does give. I think it does give false signals. Um, I think it last inverted in for the economy. It gives false signals. One thing it very rarely gives false signals for is the S and P five hundred, um, and because obviously the economy and the stock market are different things. Mm. And you know, sometimes the worst economy is the more the stock market likes it, because the stock market is looking ahead to a cheaper interest, lower interest rates, cheaper money, and an economic recovery. So it's already priced in. It's already priced in the downturn. So I, I think it does for the economy give false signals. It doesn't give many false signals for the S&P 500. In fact, the last two times it inverted properly, the S&P went down the tubes. So again, it's something that we need to keep an eye. And it's just interesting that it started to invert when the Fed has stopped adding to quantitative easing and is therefore exerting less influence on the bond market than it's done for the past two or three years. That possibly isn't a coincidence. So I'm not saying the recession coming out and there's a stock market wobble coming, but some of the signals that you traditionally look at and think mm, that does make me a little bit nervous are just starting to pile up. So just very briefly then, before we, we part, how should investors be, be thinking? We've, we've been talking over previous weeks about you know, concern about inflation, how you position yourself if inflation is going I, down. I think this feels, more like, this feels more like stagflationary signals to me rather than inflationary signals, which again comes back to raw materials and real assets over paper assets and at least having some diversified exposure to commodities. Yes, they've gone up a lot, but if you look at the long-term history of commodity indices versus equity indices, then... And, and fighting shy of, of growth stocks on massive multiples. I'll be, uh, and again, I'll also be, be pretty wary still of, 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 of bonds for the moment as well, potentially, if you think that scenario, if, if you think these signals are accurate. Russ, thank you very much indeed. I've been talking to Russ Mole, Investment Director of AJ Bell, who I hope will be back with us again in a fortnight's time to discuss the financial outlook for private investors. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio.